Welcome to another Christian Center podcast. For more information, you can visit our website or you can visit our Facebook page. We really hope that you enjoy this podcast and that you'll be inspired by it. Thank you for listening. Today is my third pastoral talk since the start of South Africa's lockdown. And in this talk, I attempt to give guidelines for how a Christian can think and respond to the current worldwide crisis in a way that is congruent with the Bible, or at least congruent with a Christian worldview. And I do this because most of us are exposed to social media where new opinions are sold on the market of ideas every day. Ideas that can be confusing, subversive, and at times even rabble-rousing. What we need uh, in these times is reliable light. Reliable light. We need reliable light in these dark times. Uh, I also do it to give hope while trying to avoid the pitfalls of cheap answers. In Timothy, uh, 1 Timothy chapter 3 verse 2, uh, and I'm going to quote from the English Standard Version, Paul writes about the requirements for leadership in a congregation. If you read the entire chapter, uh, chapter 3, you'll see he's writing about the requirements for elder, for being an elder in a church. So I quote verse 2 for you. Therefore, he says, an overseer, what is an overseer? It's an elder. It's a person who is in leadership in a church. Must be above reproach, the husband of one wife, sober-minded, self-controlled. Now the word that leaps out from this verse within our current context is the word sober-minded. Yes, yes, Christians should be sober-minded. And I'm thankful to our Assemblies Management Board, who, in my opinion, were very sober-minded in the decisions that we have taken up till now. The opinions, however, in this discussion are my own, and I take full responsibility for them. I'm also fully aware of the fact that I am not a medical doctor. So my approach is purely pastoral, and in the interest of the members who I am accountable for. So, let us start. Many people on social media are fervently and sometimes even shamelessly advocating that COVID-19 is one big hoax. The question is, are they right? Are they correct? And in answering this, I'm not going to rely on second-hand information. Let us hear from the people in our assembly, people that we know. We already had five members in our church who tested positive for COVID-19. All of them between the ages, uh, the age uh, in the age group uh, of 40 to 60 in that age group. All right, it's not elderly people. 
it's youngish people between the ages of 40 and 60. One of them, strong, healthy man, quite fit due to the profession that he's in. Uh, he spoke to me about unbearable headaches. Headaches that don't respond to any medication. Part of their immediate family is a child who's been on oxygen for the last couple of years. Should this child have contracted the virus from him, from him, it certainly would have meant her end. Thank the Lord that this man has, in the meantime, fully recovered. Another member, uh, she's in her 40s, were admitted to Sunwood Park. Uh, hospitals, a uh, high care unit, alright, and one evening she, she, uh, she sent me a, the following text message, listen carefully, she says, evening pastor, please pray for me to remain calm and become well in high care Sunwood Park Hospital COVID-19. I have seen two people die within 15 hours in my ward. Another member, 52 years old, also healthy and fit. Every time I spoke to him over the phone, I could hear the hoarseness in his voice, shortness of breath, and what struck me was how close to tears he was almost every time. You see, the emotional strain is sometimes just as bad as the physical symptoms. Another member, 38 years old, uh, complained of a heartbeat of 110 beats per minute, blood pressure that is one moment sky high and the next moment it bottoms out, sugar count that's constantly jumping around. Her doctor, who's also a female, a, a woman doctor, who told her that there can be long-term consequences from contracting this virus. One, one of the long-term consequences seemed to be infertility. Another member uh, uh, whose job it is at the moment to go into COVID-19 hospital wards to enlarge the oxygen capacity phoned me. And he, and he wanted to, to schedule an appointment due to the emotional trauma from daily seeing people fighting for their lives and dying. Sometimes he goes outside just to cry. Another one of our members, her sister's child died of COVID-19. So please tell those who are in denial, who hide their heads in the sand like ostriches, to rather go and put their heads into ice-cold water so that they can wake up. Having an attitude of denial is being a danger to yourself and to those whom you get into contact with. Stop that attitude. I would rather, I would rather err on the cautious side. There will be a time again where we can be up and about and running in this wonderful, beautiful, sun-filled country of ours. But right now, rather err on the cautious side. Another important question is, where does this pandemic come from? And how does a Christian 
make sense of it. Many of us have a sense that more is going on than what is said. And therefore, there has been no lack of conspiracy theories during the past months. I mention a few. That the ID in COVID, COVID ID, it ends with ID. That the ID stands for identity. Therefore, this is a new world order conspiracy to vaccinate all humans with a digital identity without which you will not be able to do anything. The truth is, COVID-19 is short for, number one, Corona, indicated by the CO. Number two, virus, indicated by the VI. Co, Corona, V, virus, and D, Indica or disease indicated by the D, COVID. Co, Corona, by virus, D, disease. Corona, virus, disease. And 19 simply stands for the year in which the first infections were discovered or recorded. So, 2019, COVID-19. Another theory is that this prepares us for a vaccination program that will change every person in a 5G antenna. Others say 5G radiation is the cause of the virus. But just think logically. If 5G was the cause, then why are not all people affected by it? And why would other biological organisms like dogs, cats and birds show no effects from this so-called radiation? So conspiracy theories, my dear friend, is, is a very old psychological mechanism that people, that we use to cope with reality when things are not making sense anymore. Our world is suffering a blow and we all are in experiencing anxiety because of it and therefore this flare up of conspiracy theories is quite understandable in the context of our current crisis there is speculation and there is questionable behavior that suggests that maybe just maybe this virus was man-made. That the communist Chinese regime intentionally delivered this blow to the world to help their authoritarian communist ideology triumph over the Western powers. But can we confirm this beyond any reasonable doubt? Do we have the facts, my friend, the facts that can confirm it beyond doubt. Even though we feel, we feel, I also feel that, that something more is going on than, than, than what, what, what we are being told. Uh, we cannot assert this with real confidence. I don't think we can stretch this beyond perhaps, and I use the word perhaps, we cannot stretch it 
beyond perhaps saying that the virus accidentally escaped from a Chinese lab through negligence and that the Chinese communist regime cleverly used the opportunity, that they acted opportunistically, that they used the opportunity to protect themselves while allowing the virus to escape to the rest of the world, that they exploited the situation to advance their own position in the world. I'm not prepared to speculate beyond that. And even that is at this moment, as far as I'm concerned, only speculation. But how does a Christian, how does a Christian living in this world, experiencing this reality, how do we interpret all of this? Is God angry at us? Is He somehow currently punishing the world? Well, let me first say, God is intensely, I want you to hear this today. God is intensely, I am, I am in my spirit aware of it. God is intensely aware of what is going on. He's not caught off guard at all. How do I know this? Members of our assembly will remember how we kicked off 2020. From the end of January, we were suddenly beginning to sharpen our focus on social media. You will recall how I made announcements regarding the Sunday after Sunday. And the moment the government announced the lockdown, we were basically prepared for a conversion to various uh, social media platforms. Was this a coincidence? You might think so. I believe God prepared us for what was coming. God prepared us. When we didn't have a clue, God prepared us for what was coming. Can you remember that I was also busy with a series of messages from the book of James? And one of my very last messages was on how we arrogantly plan our lives a year ahead while we do not even really know what will happen the very next day. That our lives, and I think I, I mentioned it specifically, I said that our lives can be upended in a split second. Three weeks later, around three weeks later, the entire world's plans came into a head-to-head -head collision with COVID-19. Everybody's plans were upended. What am I saying? We can never divorce world events from the spiritual dimension. God was not caught off guard. He's not a spectator standing far off, looking on with his arms folded. I, I believe God wants us to become quiet. That we've got to get to a place where we hear His voice. That we can become quiet inside enough so that we can discern what He wants to tell us in this time. His voice, which I can guarantee you is reminding us at the moment that we are living in a broken world. A world that is under the sway of the evil one as the Bible says repeatedly in the New Testament. A world that is crumbling and will inevitably pass away, that we should not ever put our hope in something that will not last 
forever like this world that we should build on the everlasting rock who is en route with us to a new world where there will be no more plagues. I agree with the Honorable Chief Justice that we should talk the language of the kingdom of God, that we should crush the head of the evil one who is without a doubt exploiting and driving the current situation for his own wicked agenda in the world. Yes, we should address the forces of darkness in the name of Jesus. But before we do that, my friend, before we do that, brother and sister, I believe we must first become quiet and hear what Jesus wants to say to us. Now is not the time for arrogant insurrection against a government for their perceived persecution of the Christian faith. The fact is, think clearly, we are not being persecuted now. The fact that most churches are closed is not because there is a sinister agenda to suppress our religious uh, liberty. Up till this very moment, nobody stopped you and me from preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Nobody is stopping, stopping us from co confessing Jesus as our Lord. Our churches are closed because of level 3 restrictions that make it just as unviable for a restaurant to open than for us. And we also do it because we love our people. Because we want to protect the vulnerable among us from co contracting something, something that could be harmful to them and potentially cause death. If this was about the persecution of our faith, trust me, our management board would long ago have registered our resistance and at the bare minimum would have taken our church underground. At the bare minimum. I believe, I truly believe, a better, more responsible reaction would be to exchange resistance and arrogance for hearts and knees that bow before Jesus and seek His will with pure hearts. Maybe He wants us to think carefully about what it means to be church. Too many churches, go check it out on YouTube if you don't want to believe me. Too many churches have become lucrative businesses exploiting the poor. Many churches have become gospel entertainment centers. Maybe the Lord is calling us to be more organically connected to each other with true genuine relationships and collectively organically connected to Him that His Spirit will bind us together into the living body of Christ and that His Spirit will bind this body to its rightful head, the Lord Jesus Christ. That Jesus will be the Lord of His church once again. Coronavirus highlights the fact that we are living in a broken, vulnerable world that will pass 
away. We are seeing with our own eyes how easily this world are being shaken. A world that is in the power of the evil one, as the scripture says. And it reminds us not to put our hope in this world, but in Jesus Christ, our Lord. I close with some practical remarks. First of all, during this time, it's imperative, very important. Pray over the decisions that you make during this time. Be very careful not to make emotionally driven decisions. Pray and ask the Lord for His wisdom in every important decision that you make. We, for instance, had to decide over Jesse, our son's schooling is in grade 6. And I went to the Lord for two nights in a row. I went to the Lord and I prayed and I asked Him for His direction. Because it's, it's vital. It touches on His future. And on his psychological health. And so we prayed. And I prayed. The very next day after the second night of prayer. The very next day. I came across an advertisement of impact. You spell it with the Q at the end. Impact. It's an established homeschooling organization. It costs a little less than the government school per month. And it follows exactly the same curriculum. So, barely a month after we registered Jesse for homeschooling, the schools are closed again. So, I believe the Lord guided me, the Lord helped me, so that my son can continue his schooling uninterrupted. But please remember that the Lord's solution, God's solution for your unique situation, may not be the same as ours. Your, your child is not in grade 6. Your child is maybe in grade 1. So the solution will look different. So it's imperative that you pray over your situation and expect the guidance that will be tailor-made, that will be best for you. Secondly, stay connected to your assembly. Having our public gatherings or a Sunday morning service suspended may cause some of our members to loosen, to loosen their ties with the assembly, to, to become, to drift away from the congregation. I remind you that we are still one church, still one congregation. Your membership is more than just a name on a membership list. You are part of a family. And we don't just walk out on family. I also ask you to have mercy on me as the pastor. I'm only one, only one pastor. And we have more than 400 members. More than 400. I trust, truly trust, that you will contact me when you need me. And it's also your responsibility to remain in contact with the assembly. Your assembly. It's not only mine. It's also your church, your assembly, for you to remain into contact with your assembly. It's your responsibility. It's impossible for me to stay in contact with everybody on a regular basis. I can't. I cannot. I'm one person. Thirdly, be careful who you lend your ears out to. 
Most churches and congregations were forced to go online during this time. And right now, this moment, you can pick and choose who you want to listen to on all the social media platforms. You can tune in to any of hundreds of services on a Sunday. But I warn you, be careful of an eclectic Christianity that is a patchwork of many different voices and interpretations. I caution you to stay with the pastors and the churches that you know and whom you trust. Stay faithful to the church where God called you to serve. Did God call you to this assembly? Make that out in your heart. If He called you, stay faithful. Stay faithful. And then lastly, be living testimonies. Be living testimonies of our hope and the love of Jesus. I've said it a couple of times. We don't want to be channels for a virus. We want to be channels of hope. In fact, I think it's one of our um, head office um, staff members who, who used this phrase. To be channels of hope. Uh, living testimonies of hope. And, and, and the love of, of our hope and our love for the Lord Jesus Christ. One of the most distinguishable characteristics of early Christianity. Was their brotherly love. And the church historian Robert Nichols writes. He says, and he's speaking of the early church. The church that we read of in the book of Acts. And just after that. He said, they called each other brethren in Christ and really acted as brethren. The poor, the sick, the orphans and widows were lovingly cared for. The collection and administration of charitable funds formed one of the most important parts of the life of these early churches. Within the church, social distinctions were abolished. Master and slave stood on one level. The Christians were marked also by a moral earnestness and a purity unknown elsewhere. My friend, my dear brother and sister, it is during dark times that our light should shine brightest. It must be seen in the way that we care for each other. And the sacrifices we make to help those who are in need. I close with the last scripture. Just a word of encouragement to all of us. Romans 8 verse 28. We all know it. NIV it says. And we know that in all things. Is coronavirus all things? Is a pandemic part of all things? Let's read it again. And we know that in all things, even COVID-19, even in a pandemic, God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. Do you think God can work in this pandemic to bring forth what is good for us? Who love Him, I believe it. I believe it. Say it with me. 
I believe it in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord, help us during these moments, during these months, to be very sober-minded and to be faithful to you. Thank you that you are faithful to us, that you are fully aware of what is going on in this world. Help us to be truly church, people who care for one another, people who are willing to make sacrifices for those who are in need. May your hand be upon us to protect us, to save us from death, to save us from harm, especially those who are vulnerable among us, those who among us who are hungry, who are struggling financially. O oh Lord, that there will be an outcome, that they will find a job, that your hand will be upon them, that you will guide them, and that they will be rescued. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.